adults, please turn to Acts chapter 2. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm glad to be a Pentecostal this morning, an apostolic Pentecostal. I am so glad. And I'm not talking about denominationally. I'm talking about experience and, and truth that we have uh, to be a part of the body of Christ. I'm glad to be an apostolic. I asked my wife one of the songs they were singing today, something about change me, he changed me. And I said, that sounds like apostolic Pentecostal singers there. And, and I said, is that? And she says, yes, that's them. You can just tell a difference. Uh, and there's a lot of good singers. I enjoy a lot of the songs that we sing here in the church and uh, a lot of good singers uh, that we sing along with. But I want to tell you, there's something special about a one God, Jesus name apostolic. When they start singing and glorifying God, you can tell there is a difference when they sing. There's a mighty anointing upon them. And it's interesting because on the way to church, I was talking to my wife about that. And, uh, you know, I don't remember what exactly the conversation was. But I said, you know, a Pentecostal person can really sing and glorify God. I said, it's because of the anointing that's on their life. And she, my wife said, any apostolic can sing good. Amen. Any apostolic can sing good. And I believe that because of the anointing that is upon that person. Praise the Lord. So all the apostolics out there say, Amen. Amen. Do you believe you can sing good? Only when you get anointed. You're like me. I can't sing. until, and You know, even if I get anointed, it's debatable. But... Anyway, it, it, it probably sounds okay to the Lord, filtered and through the blood and, you know, everything else, but, uh, amen, His mercy <laughs> and His grace. But anyway, I just thank the Lord for, for being an apostolic Pentecostal believer. There's nothing like being an apostolic Pentecostal believer in all of the world. It is a great privilege and, and a great honor to be a part of that heritage. Amen. Are you glad to be apostolic? Pentecostal this morning. Well, appreciate the two. The rest of you still don't know. I don't know, but let me ask that question again. Are you glad to be an apostolic Pentecostal this morning? Okay, well, praise the Lord. We got three or four more. <laughs> but that's real for me. I mean, it's, I love it. I just love being a part of this. I do. It's, it's fantastic. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Verse 37, Acts 2 and verse 37. This, of course, took place on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost. No, I used to say penny. I'm a Pentecostal. I don't know what, why I would do that. I would say I'm a Pentecostal. You mean Pentecostal? It's Pentecostal. Okay, so we got that straightened out. After a few years of being in, in Pentecost, I finally finally got it. It was Pentecost. So uh, this took place on the Feast of Pentecost, uh, verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying save yourselves from this untoward generation then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls they continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common sold their possessions and goods and part of them to all men as every man had need and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved this morning we're going to talk about the benefits of the atonement Lord, we come before you right now. We ask your blessing to be upon the reading of your holy word. We thank you, God, that we have experienced this in our life and in this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. And the terms that we are going to discuss this morning, uh, theological terms, biblical terms, have to do with the benefits of the atonement. What happened when we got born again? What benefits uh, did we experience at that time and so when did it happen when did it take place when did the benefits come to us uh, some of them came immediately some of them are progressive and so that's what we're going to be teaching you this morning in the doctrine of the atonement the first word is pardon pardon say pardon, pardon. if you look at Acts 238 when Peter preached to them he said, repent, that's the first step, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. The word remission there means that the penalty that was on us for breaking His law, okay, the penalty, that's what, when it says remission, that means that the penalty for breaking God's law has been paid, okay? It's been removed out of our life. And so the word remission here is connected to that word pardon. It is a court word term. So if you go to the court and if you violated the law, okay, and a judge gives you a pardon uh, for that violation, that is the penalty is somehow taken care of or you have been released from that penalty. Okay, you with me? So the benefit of the atonement of the blood of Jesus being applied to my life and your life is that in a courtroom setting before God, we have been pardoned by the Lord. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So this is where we get forgiveness for the broken law. That's what the pardon means. Forgiveness for the broken law. So the Bible tells us when it happened, when we repented of our sins, we were baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So once you and I repented and then we were water baptized in the name of the Lord, those two things together, repentance and water baptism, removed that um, penalty 
for a broken law upon our life and we receive forgiveness of sins. So that's the first benefit is that you and I have been pardoned by the Lord. We broke His law and we deserved His judgment. But because somebody else took our place, we have been pardoned this morning. The second word is justification or righteousness. Now justification means that we are now in right standing with the Lord. He justified us. He put us in a right standing with Him. That's called justification. Okay. So now today I can stand in the presence of the Lord and I can be right with God. Okay, based on that benefit called justification. Now, the third one is regeneration. Uh, and so the first two, pardon and justification, took place in Acts chapter 2. Also regeneration. Let's go to John chapter 3. Benefit of the atonement is regeneration. John chapter 3, if you'll turn there. Okay, when, again, when did it happen? It happened when you repented of your sins, water baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's when you received these benefits of pardon, of justification, and now we're looking at regeneration. So John chapter 3. If you're there, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. In verse 5, Jesus answered, He's speaking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born, say born, of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? So we use that term regeneration. It simply means new birth. Regeneration means new birth. So the Bible tells us again in verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So that's how we got regenerated or born is by being born of the water and the Spirit. Again, it happened in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 when you and I experienced that. So Acts 2.38 brings us, brings us pardon, it brings us justification, and it brings us regeneration. Now, regeneration is birth. Regeneration makes us sons. Okay, you with me here? Everybody understand that? That's when we come into the family of God. So you talk about regeneration, you talk about a new birth, you're talking about a birth into the family of God. If there's a birth, you're born into a family. So when you and I became a part of the family of God, when we were born into it was at the time of Acts 2.38 when we experienced that. Okay, So that is a benefit of the atonement is our regeneration we're born into the family of God let's go to John chapter 1 verse 12 but as many as received him to them gave he power to become say to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God so it's not talking about a natural birth here we're talking about being born unto God. We became a part of His family. So it says He gave us power to become the sons of God. So at regeneration, that's when you become a son that makes you a son. It makes you a part of the family of God. How many of y'all are part 
of the family of God today. And you're glad to be a part of the family of God. At that time then, it's a relationship word, okay? At that time, now you're in relationship with God, a part of His family. You're a child of God. You have been born into the kingdom. And at that time, because of that new birth, you have received a new nature. And it's the nature of the Spirit of the Lord. So that's regeneration. Now there's another term. It's called adoption. Let's go over to Romans chapter 8. Adoption. <clears throat> you with me here? If you are, say praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8 talks about uh, that we are adopted. We receive the spirit of adoption. So let's go over there in verse 15. We'll explain the difference between regeneration, okay, and adoption. All right, Romans 8 and verse 15. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, say adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay. Regeneration then, at your new birth, that makes you a son of God. It makes you a child of God. You're born into the family of God. It's a relationship term. But adoption is a term that takes a son that's born into the family and matures them. Okay? So you're born by regeneration, but adoption is a maturity word. We'll explain that in just a moment. Adoption is not like our English word adoption, where we think about adoption being where uh, one person, okay, is in this family, but now they change families and they're adopted into another family. In the Bible, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a change from one family to another family in the Bible. That took place when you were born again. Okay? You were placed in the family of God at regeneration. But the word adoption, the Greek word, and uh, since it's a theological class, I'll give it to you. It's H-U-I-O-T-H-E-S-I-A Huithesia it means to place a son, okay? It's not making a son, but it's placing a son. Do you understand the difference? Okay, so regeneration is when you become a son. It's when you are made a son. It's when you're placed into the family of God and you are a child of God. But adoption is placing, the placing of a son, and it has to do with inheritance and it has to do with maturity. Are you with me? Now, the Bible is very clear in verse 15, which I just read to you, that at the time of regeneration, when you experience Acts 2.38, you receive the spirit of adoption. And what the spirit of adoption does is it brings you to a place of mature sons where you are placed as a mature son the difference is adoption has to do with inheritance. Okay? Adoption has to do with the placing of a son that's already in the family 
the placing of that son in a position where they can receive an inheritance and it has to do with the maturity of the believer. Okay, so when you're born regeneration, you're a baby. When you are a, uh, you receive the spirit of adoption at that new birth, when you become a baby, but the spirit of adoption in you is what gives you the ability to grow up and become a mature son. Does everybody understand the difference? So it's not, it's, adoption is not making you a son. Adoption is you are already a son of God. But because you are a son of God and receive the spirit of adoption, now he takes you and places you in a position. So adoption is position. Okay? And that position is maturity. That mis, uh, position is for inheritance purpose. Does everybody understand that? And I'll give you an example of this in Roman culture in just a moment so you'll understand the picture of adoption. You with me? So regeneration has to do with making a son, receiving a new nature, being born into the family. Adoption has to do with the position of the son, taking a son and putting them in a position of maturity so that they can receive the full inheritance. Does everybody kind of understand a little bit? So adoption in the Bible, again, is different from your English word adoption where you're taking a person from one family and placing them in another family. The word adoption in the Bible is you're already in the family. You're already in the family. You're already born into the family. But adoption is a process by which that person that's already in the family, a son in the family or a child in the family, is taken and legally put in a position of maturity so they can receive an inheritance. That's the difference. You with me here? If you are, say praise the Lord. Okay, so 8.15 again. He says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Again, that Greek word, huiothesia. Okay, you with me? has to do with the placing of the Son. Again, do you understand that? Okay, look at verse 23. So it's connected to inheritance. It's connected to maturity. It's connected uh, to us uh, that we're going to grow up in Him. Okay? Do you understand the difference? One is birthing, one is becoming, and one is maturity, placing you in a position where you can receive the full inheritance. Okay. Look at verse 23. So in the light of that, it has a future aspect to it. Okay? You with me? 8.23 And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit... Even we ourselves grown within ourselves. Oh, look at this. Waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. Here he says we're waiting for the adoption. In verse 15 it says you have received the spirit of adoption. But verse 23 says we're waiting for that adoption. Does that make sense? When I became a born again believer, I'm not waiting to become a son. But I am waiting. Are y'all with me? to this, to uh, let the Spirit of God operating in me to bring me to a place of maturity. I'm waiting for that time when I'll receive the full inheritance. Okay? And verse 23 tells you it is the redemption of your body. 
So in one sense, then we have not experienced uh, full adoption, have we? Mm -mm. We have received the spirit of adoption, which grows us up, which matures us, so that we can be placed in a position of full sonship so we can receive inheritance. Does that make sense? That's why you and I got the Holy Ghost is so God uh, would grow us up. So that we would grow up. That we wouldn't stay little babies. Because He doesn't want you to just be born into the kingdom. He doesn't want you just to become a child of His. He doesn't want you just to become a, a part of His family and just receive a new nature and stay little babies. His desire is to take you from babyhood, birthing where you were made a son, and to grow you up so that you can be known as adopted sons, means grown up, mature sons, ready to receive the inheritance of God. Amen? So God never intended for any of us to stay babies in Him. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature and He's given us the spirit of adoption to grow us up so that we can experience the full inheritance as adopted sons. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so it's a little bit different from the English word. Because I'm already in the family of God by regeneration. But that spirit that I have received is growing me up so that I can experience adoption. The full, grown, mature sonship role which has inheritance with it. Does everybody understand that? If you do, say praise the Lord. Okay, look at uh, Galatians chapter 4. I am so glad that when the Lord uh, saved me, regenerated me, put me in His family, made me a son, that <laughs> that wasn't it. There's an ongoing process now, having received the spirit of adoption in me, whereby I'm growing up and I'm maturing. Okay? You know? And I'll give you some words in just a moment to really clarify this to you. There are biblical words that talk about being a little child. Okay? There's, there's words that talk about, you know, after you're born as a little infant, you go from there to like preschool or first grade. And then there, from there you go to teenagerhood. And from teenagerhood you go to full maturity. Okay? So in the Bible, when you receive this, the Holy Ghost, you receive the spirit of adoption but you were just a little baby in the kingdom of God. And over a period of time, the spirit of adoption that's in you is maturing you from being a little baby to a preschooler, to a teenager, to an adult, so that you can experience and be placed as a full-grown son. And the benefit of being a full-grown son, the benefit of growing up, is that you get the full inheritance from the Father. Okay? So don't stay little babies. Don't stay immature. Don't stay infants. Because if you, if you stay as an infant and you don't ever mature and become sons in Him, you with me? Then you do not receive the inheritance that God has for you. Because it's only given out to mature sons. You with me here? That's the difference between adoption and regeneration. Galatians 4, let's go over there. So there are certain things in, in, in adoption, my inheritance, that I'm waiting for. Their future. They're given to mature sons. Okay, Galatians chapter 4, verse 5. 
The Bible tells us, I think I'll just read verses 1 through 5. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a what? A servant, though he be Lord of all. Now what Paul is saying is that if you are just a born-again believer, if you're just a child in the kingdom, there's no difference from being a child in the kingdom than being a servant. I want you to catch that. That's a powerful statement right there. Okay, so if I stay in babyhood, if I stay in infanthood and I never grow up, I never let the spirit of adoption mature me as a son, then what I'm looked at as a I'm looked at as a servant in that level. Okay, you, you understand that in verse two, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we when we were children. We're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons so that we would be placed as mature sons receiving the full inheritance that we would not just be little babies that are equal to a servant, but we would become full sons receiving His inheritance as we grow up in Him. With, with me, which is the head. Alright, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go over there. And verse 5 tells us, we talked about these terms before, predestination, foreknowledge, so on and so forth, so you're very informed on these biblical terms. But chapter 1 of Ephesians, verse 5, it says that He's having predestinated us unto the what? the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. He predestined us to become those mature sons in His kingdom. That means before time ever began, way back in eternity, all right, He predestined adoption for us. That we would not just stay babies, but we would mature in Him, become full-grown sons, receiving the full inheritance. If you understand it a little bit, say praise the Lord. So it has to do with us being in a new position. Okay? Now, regeneration equals this. New life, justification, new standing. We got that, right? Adoption then deals with new position. Adoption is a legal status given to a mature son for inheritance. You get that? Adoption again. Adoption is the legal status given to a who? Mature son for inheritance. Amen. That we receive. The Holy Spirit brings the believer to a full maturity, to full sonship. So that's why when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it says you receive the spirit of adoption. So the spirit of, uh, of adoption, the spirit of the Lord in you in this way, brings you to full maturity as sons, grows you up so you can experience the full inheritance of God. Okay? Does everybody understand that? Okay. Regeneration. The baptism of the Spirit. When we receive it, we receive the first fruits. It's the earnest of our inheritance. It's the seal of the Spirit. Okay? And the purpose is to bring us to full sonship or full Inheritance. Now go to 1 John 3. 1 John 3, 1 and 
Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. So He wants to bring us to this place of full maturity as sons. You with me? Where we've grown up so that when He comes back, we receive the full inheritance that He has for us. And we'll explain to you what that inheritance is. Now let me give you the Roman custom here so you'll understand it. The Roman custom, again, is not in Roman culture, maybe in America, it's the taking of a person from one family to another by adoption. But in, in the Bible and in Roman culture, it's not like that. In Roman culture, what happens is there's a time when the son that is in the family, that's been born into the family, okay? It, it, that, that person is a son in the family of that Roman uh, home. What happens is when that son grows up and that son matures, Okay, now remember, they're already in the family. But when that son grows up from being a child and becomes a mature son, that Roman culture will take that child of that family that has grown up and they will go to a court of law. And that court of law will take that child that's already in the family. I want you to get that. He's already in the family. Takes that child because he's now mature and puts him in a position called adoption. Again, not making him a child, not making him a son of the Roman family. He's already a child or already a son of the Roman family. But because now he's mature, he's grown up. There's a legal process that takes place where they take that son to the court and the court says, you are an adopted son. Now you have the legal right to the inheritance because you have matured. Does that make sense? Okay. So the child was born. It grew up. It matured. Now it's time to recognize that this son is a mature son and it's worthy of receiving the inheritance of the Roman family. So that's the Roman culture and the biblical culture uh, that I'm teaching you about when we talk about adoption. So let me give it to you, the specifics. Roman custom. When the son is mature, by law they are placed in the position of adoption as a legal son. Does that, does that make sense to you? Now he's already a son by birth, but the maturity allows him to move into this position known as a legal son. And uh, this, gives, this uh, gives them the privilege of a son. It did not bring him into the family, but placed him in a recognized sonship position. As a mature son, one's own son by birth. Okay? You understand that? Now, we receive the spirit of adoption when we are brought, uh, whereby we are brought into maturity. Does everybody understand that? Okay, so we're in the process right now of moving into this position by the spirit of adoption whereby we are become mature sons in the kingdom of God so that we can receive the inheritance. So it's a legal term that has to do with position. 
It has to do with uh, placing, not making the sun. Does that make sense to you? Okay. And we're, so when did it begin? Ephesians, I read it to you. Let's go back over there. When did this adoption begin? Well, it began before you and I were ever born. Ephesians 1.4, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. So it took place back in eternity based on the foreknowledge of God. Which means this, He knew who would believe the gospel. He knew who would become sons by the new birth. He knew that before time. Okay? And as a result of that, then he predestined those, predestinated those that were in Christ, that were born into the family of God by regeneration. He predestined us to grow up and become mature sons so that we would receive the inheritance. That's what adoption teaches in the Bible. Now, going back to Romans 8 and verse 15, it says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay? So in the present, the present, we have received the spirit of adoption, which is in the process of maturing us and growing us up to that place of full sonship. Okay? Now, let's go over to John 1. 11 and 12, that's the Gospel of John. John 1, 11 and 12. See, so none of us have arrived yet. You, you might be born to the family of God, but are you in a position as a legal son? Are you recognized as a legal son? Have you matured? Are you mature? Okay. Which is the purpose of giving us the Holy Ghost to mature us and grow us so we can receive that inheritance. See, none of us have arrived yet. We're still in that process of maturing. Now, um, we're going to talk about the future where it's manifested. But John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, He came into His own, and His own received Him not, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Praise the Lord. Now, in the future, let's go back to Romans chapter 8. This will be manifested. Okay, Romans chapter 8, 15 through 19. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are what? the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, and if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole creation right now is groaning, is travailing, because it's waiting. Say waiting. See, that adoption is has a future context to it. 
It has eternal context, present context, but future context. It's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Those that have grown up in Him or into Him, which is the head. He wants you to become mature. He wants you to move into headship uh, uh, position, and which is speaking of mature sonship for inheritance purposes. So it has to do with a future aspect. If you look at verse 19 again, for the earnest expectation of the creation waited for the manifestation, say the manifestation of the sons of God. So there is a future full manifestation. When does that happen? What's the context of Romans chapter 8 talking about? When will that manifestation take place that we are mature sons of God? That we can receive the inheritance at the second coming of Jesus. Okay? See, because we're still in the world and we've been regenerated, we've been born of the kingdom of God, we're children. But when, do the, when does the manifestation of sonship take place? Again, it has to do with us growing up in Him and becoming mature for full inheritance. The second coming of Jesus Christ. We've already, in Romans chapter 8, we've already read in verse 23 that adoption has to do with the redemption of our bodies. Okay, which means that when Jesus Christ comes back, I'm going to receive a glorified body. He's going to save my body. Not just my spirit, not just my soul. He's going to save your physical body. You're going to get a glorified body. And that is part of the inheritance that's promised to those who have grown up and become mature sons as they yield to the Holy Ghost in their life. Does that make sense to you? Okay? So the manifestation of it takes place at the second coming of Jesus. Let's go over to Ephesians 1.14. Y'all see that future aspect of adoption? Okay. Obviously, we don't have a glorified body right now. Obviously, we're not in the New Jerusalem right now. So adoption has to do with that inheritance. Okay? Ephesians 1.14 The Bible tells us when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are sealed in verse 13. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? The Bible tells us which is the earnest or it's the down payment. The earnest of our what? Inheritance. That's interesting. So when I received the Spirit of God by regeneration, I became a son, received a new nature. I received the earnest of my inheritance, the down payment, okay? Uh, which means if the down payment's been given to me, then I can expect the rest of it to come in the future. See, the down payment is a guarantee that the rest of it's going to follow. So when at regeneration, we became a born-again believer, you received the earnest of your inheritance, which the down payment... God is saying, all right, I filled you with my spirit, but there's much more to come. Okay? It's, it's a guarantee that there's much more to come. It's, it's a promise to those that are mature in Him that can receive the inheritance. Okay? So there's a lot more to come. It's like when a couple is going to get married and the young man proposes to the young lady and gives her an engagement ring. Well, he doesn't give her the engagement ring and the wedding ring on the, at the same time he proposes. He gives her the earnest of the inheritance, which means he gives her the um, engagement ring, and then at the time of the wedding, he gives her the rest of the ring, 
says, you're my wife now. Okay? Does that make sense? But that engagement ring is a pledge to her. There's more to come. I'm going to give you the rest of the ring. I'm going to give you my name. Right? You're going to become a part of my family. And everything that I have, all the money I got, and all the bills I have, that's coming too. You, you know what I mean? And Hallelujah. All the privileges uh, that I have are going to be yours, and, and all the liabilities are going to be yours too. All the problems. So, pray. But anyway. But you understand the word earnest of your inheritance. It's the down payment. It's the proof. When I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I received the earnest of my inheritance. I became a child of God. But now He's growing me up so that I can experience the glorious inheritance and promise of the saints. Amen. Okay? That future promise. It's awesome. So say earnest of our inheritance at birth. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. We'll bring all this together and you'll see it. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. How many of y'all thankful that you have the Holy Ghost this morning? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, doesn't feel good to know that you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And, and it's just glorious to have the Spirit of God living inside of you. But He's telling you that's just a down payment. He said there, there's a position for mature sons. And he said, that's the rest of the inheritance. Hallelujah. If you think the down payment's awesome, think about the rest of it that's coming. Amen? That's the purpose of adoption. So you and I can mature in Him so we can receive the inheritance. Alright, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our conversation in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. So a part of that, that, that earnest of our inheritance is, is connected to the down payment, but that full blessing, that full inheritance has to do with the fact if you've received the down payment, He's telling you, as you mature, you move, move to that position of adoption. He says, you are promised a glorified body. Your body's even going to be changed. He's going to save your body even. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Say praise the Lord. All right, Revelation. Let's go to Revelation 21 and verse 7. I'm thankful for that. I know uh, you are too as well because I get tired of maintaining this body. I really do. It's, it's a challenge. It really is, you know. Uh, amen. Sister says, I know. And I'm, I'm thankful today that part of the inheritance I have from God is I'm going to get a glorified body. It won't get sick. It won't be capable of getting sick. It won't be capable of dying. It, you know, it won't have to deal with the frailty of it or trying to maintain it and wash it and cleanse it and feed it and everything else that's connected to it. It's just it's hard sometimes. And so I'm thankful for that promise. Now, Revelation 21.7, the Bible says, He that overcometh, look at this, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. 
and I will be his God and he shall be my what? Son. So this person that receives the full inheritance of God is a person who overcomes and becomes mature sons in the kingdom of God so that, again, at regeneration, you're born into the family of God. The question is, do you allow the spirit of adoption in you to grow you up and mature you as a son so you can have that full inheritance, the Bible says, that's promised to the overcomer? Amen. So if you and I overcome and we mature and we grow up in Him which is the head, we have promises like the Bible says in verse 7. He shall inherit what? All things. And I will be His God and He shall be my Son. That's powerful. So we're growing up. We're not just babies, but we're growing up. Hallelujah. So we can become mature sons and we can receive the full inheritance that God has for those who mature and those who overcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. The position thing. Now, so the results then of the adoption. Write this down. The results of adoption have to do with the redemption of the body, which is what? Resurrection. And also has to do with the translation of the saints then. If, if my body is going to change... If I die, I gotta be taken up out of the grave. If I don't die, I gotta be taken up to beat the Lord in the air, and I gotta take on a new body, a glorified body. Does that make sense? It does say praise the Lord. Okay, so first John two, let's go over there. So we are encouraging by the word of the Lord, all of us here today, to grow up, to mature in the sons. Stop being immature. Amen. God doesn't want us to be immature babies. There's promises to those that mature. There's an inheritance that's given to those that are mature. It's called adoption. That's what it's called in the Bible. It's called adoption. Okay, 1 John 2. Let's go there. First John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. Here's what John says. Now, he, he gives us classifications in the Bible, different stages, as the Bible teaches throughout, different stages of maturity for a believer. Okay, First John chapter 2, he says this, verse 12. I write unto you, children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Say, children. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known Him that is from the beginning. So obviously, we've got different classifications, different stages of maturity in the passage. He talks about children that are in the family of God. You've been born to the family of God. You've been regenerated. Okay? But then he talks about fathers. So there's different stages or different levels of maturity in the church of the kingdom of God. Alright? Let's keep reading. Verse 13. I write unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning, I write unto you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Now, he says, okay, we have children in the kingdom, and our sins have been forgiven. We have been regenerated. We've been born into the family of God. Right? 
Sins have been washed away. He talks about fathers. Those are the mature ones in the kingdom of God. But then he talks about young men. Those that have overcome the wicked one. So now we're dealing with the youth or the young men in the church. It doesn't have anything to do with your physical age. These terms have to do with spiritual maturity or levels of maturity in the kingdom of God. You can be an, an older person physically in the kingdom of God and still be a child. Or you can be a young person in the church and be a father. Like Timothy, he was a father in the faith. Okay? You understand that? Uh, so it's not talking about physical age. When you talk about adoption or regeneration, it's talking spiritual things. All right? So you can be 65, 70 years old and be a child in the kingdom, just now born. You can be a, a, a young child in the kingdom of God and a few years in the church already a young man, spiritually mature as a young man. Does that make sense? There may be fathers in the kingdom of God who are really not that old physically, but they're spiritual fathers in the kingdom of God. Amen? Does that make sense to you? So the Bible is very clear that there's different levels or stages of maturity in the kingdom of God. We have children. We have young men, teenagers, youth. We have fathers, okay, in the kingdom of God. You with me? All right, let's keep reading. So he says, I've written unto you young men because you are what? Strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. So we see the children. He says, you have, your sins have been forgiven. He says to the fathers, you know him right you know him from that is from the beginning and then he says to the young men specific characteristics of the young men is that they're strong right obviously they're strong and they have they know the word of god and they've overcome the wicked one so the question is today where are you in your progression in the kingdom are you just children? Or are you young men with the Word of God? You have the knowledge of the Word of God and you're strong and you're able to overcome the wicked one. Or are you fathers? Which means you are mature and you know God. Amen. You've had a relationship with Him for a long time and as a result of that, you know the Lord. Okay? Alright. Praise God. Does everybody understand that? So John then, as he's writing here, he's encouraging us to move from that level of being a child progressively to a young man where the Word of God is in you and you're overcoming the wicked one. Move from that position to where you become spiritually mature fathers in the church. You know the Lord, okay? You have a knowledge of God. Alright. There's a spiritual development then. Now, I'm going to go through biblical terms here with you uh, which deal with this progression of maturity so you'll understand. Okay? Why have you and I received the Spirit of God? Well, to regenerate us, but it's also to grow us up, to put us in a legal position of adoption so that we can receive the full inheritance. So there's a progression from moving uh, in levels of maturity from being a child all the way up to mature sons. And I'm going to go through that progression with you right now.
the word, the first word we're going to look at deals with birth. Okay? The Bible term that deals with a, a person that's born into the kingdom, that's birthed into the kingdom, kingdom of God. The Greek word, uh, B-R-E-P-H-O-S. Brephos. Okay? This word is translated infant. It can be an unborn child, newborn, a newborn. It has to do with being a baby or an infant in the kingdom of God. If you want to look at the verses, Luke 1, 41, Luke 2, 12, 2 Timothy 3, 15, 1 Peter 2, and verse 2. So again, it has to be, uh, it's dealing with a an infant, someone that's just been born. Okay? Praise God. This has to do with what? Our birth into the kingdom of God. The next word in the Bible is N-E-P-I-O-S. Uh, nepios, which means little child or a minor, not able to talk yet. Untaught, unskilled, an immature Christian. So this word takes us from being just an infant that's just been born into the kingdom of God. We see the progression now. Now, uh, this baby has grown up, but it can't talk yet. It's at that, I, you know, can't talk stage. It's at that stage where it's an immature uh, one in the kingdom of God. Okay? So it's unskilled and immature. Matthew eleven twenty five. 21, 16, 1 Corinthians 3, 1, 13, 11, Galatians 4, 1, and 3, Ephesians 4, 14, Hebrews 5, 13. Now, obviously, we're not reading all these scriptures. It takes us a long time to go through all of these verses. But that's where that term is used, that Greek word, nepios, which means a little child. It's not, it's not just a newborn, but it's a, a child that has grown some, but it still can't talk. And it's immature and it's unskilled at that level. Okay? You with me here? Another Greek word spelled P-A-I-D-O-N. And this means a young child, a little one, an infant. 1 John 2, 13 and verse 18, which I just read to you. That term there, okay? A young child, a little one, an infant. These deal with what? These terms deal with the newborns in the kingdom of God. It deals with all the way up from being firstborn in the kingdom to those that have grown just a little bit, but they still don't have the ability to talk. They're unskilled, okay? They're immature Christians. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. So those are biblical terms. Now, God obviously doesn't want you to stay as a baby. Now, if you're a little little baby, Hebrews chapter 5, I gave you that verse. It says, desire this sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it. All right? Thereby. But when you're a little baby, you can't handle strong meat. You don't, you, you, you try to give a little baby, you know, that's just been born or maybe just right before it starts talking. They, they can't handle strong meat. You got to give them meat, uh, milk, which is the sincere milk of the word. Right? Okay, say praise the Lord. But God doesn't want us to stay that way. 
He doesn't want us to be little babies that can't talk, that are unskilled and immature, always feeding only on the milk. He wants you to grow up to a point where you can handle meat. Okay? Amen. Now, we move then to the next stage. These words we just talked about deal with the birthing stage and just right before speaking. Here, now, we move into the next stage of a believer and it's the growing stage. Say with me, the growing stage. Okay. First John, uh, no, excuse me. This word, technon. Technon in the Bible. Uh, is a child that's not, uh, not speaking of any age, but is a child of God. This means this person has been born to the kingdom of God. So it's not, it doesn't have to do with age. Okay, you with me? Okay, are you here? Okay, that's a Greek word. Uh, technon. It's speaking of any age, a person who is a child of God. The next word is P-A-I-S. This is a child that's a boy or a girl, infant. John 4.51. Okay? Let's go over there real quick. Look at that word. John 4.51. A boy or a girl that is an infant. Okay. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Say, Thy son Liveth. He's talking about this. This is the word that's used there. P A I S. A child or a girl infant. Now, the next word. P A I D A R I O N. This is a child, boy or girl, up through its first school year. Okay? Does that make sense? So it's the growing stage. We're growing up here um, in this term. Now we're moving to a place where this is talking about a person up to its first grade in school. Now obviously, this person needs to be nurtured, instructed, and chastised. Matthew eleven sixteen, John 6, verse 9 gives you that word. So we're moving progressively now. The child that's been born, that's an infant, that couldn't talk, that was immature, that was unskilled, now is going up. It's it's come to its first year of school, okay? But you still got to nurture it. You still got to care for it. You got to teach it. You have to chastise uh, that person. Now, the next one is a, a maturing stage, number three, maturing stage. This has to do with the young man. The Greek word is N-E-A-N-I-S-K-O-S. It means young man or youth. That's the one that's used in 1 John chapter 2 that I read to you earlier. This person then in the kingdom of God is maturing. Okay? They're no longer infants in the kingdom. They're no longer just at first grade. But now they're, this word means young man, youth, or teenager. That's literally what it means in, in, our, in our thought, in our understanding. So now they're teenagers. They're young. The Word of God is in them. They're strong and they overcome the wicked one. 
So there are people that are like that in the church. All right? They, they got the Word of God in them. They got a zeal for God. And um, this Word that's in them, they're more mature now. They're more skilled now. And they have the ability to defeat the devil in their life. Okay? But we don't stop there. Remember? We don't stop at that stage of teenagerhood. 1 John 2, 13 and 14. The next stage is the, the stage where we are mature as full sons. And I gave you the Greek word earlier. Romans 8, 14 and verse 19. That's what God is talking about when He talks about adoption. That we have grown up and we have become mature sons in the kingdom of God. Now, when you get to that level, that's when the privileges come. The privileges of being a full-grown, mature son. You have privileges and there's character related to that level or that stage. And I'm going to give them to you as I come to a close. Here's the difference. So when you're regenerated, you are born of the Spirit. In adoption, you are matured by the Spirit. Okay? You with me here? In regeneration, uh, you are as a child. In adoption, you are seen as a son. That, that mature level. In regeneration, you are immature. Immature, unskilled, you know, still in that process. Just very, very little, very little. Just to the point where you can't hardly even talk, alright? So in that regeneration state, immature. In adoption, you're matured now. In regeneration, you receive the earnest of the inheritance, which is that down payment we read to you about. Okay? In adoption, you receive the full inheritance at that point. The full inheritance is given to you at adoption or sonship on that level. Okay? You with me? Let me say it again. In regeneration, we receive the earnest of our inheritance in adoption we receive uh, the full realization of that inheritance okay at regeneration we receive the spirit of adoption in adoption we move to that level of, of why we receive the spirit of adoption which is maturity that's why you received it okay in regeneration, you are looked at as a servant. Because we read the Word of God where a servant uh, is no different from a little child. If you stay at that little child level, you are seen as a servant. But in adoption, you are seen as a, sir, a son perfectly mature. Okay? In regeneration, there's discipline and obedience but in adoption we've reached the level of character and privilege you know you understand the difference okay now when I grew up my mama stopped spanking me how many of your mother stopped spanking you stopped disciplining you stopped correcting you right you know Well, you started receiving privileges, correct? Okay. 
That's what he's talking about. When you are in that childhood or that baby stage, you receive discipline. There's discipline and obedience involved, but when adoption, you reach that level of adoption, it's character and privilege. Um, in regeneration, we are made heirs of Christ, and in adoption, receiving, we receive the inheritance. So does everybody understand now these terms? Okay? So the benefits, and these are not all of them, they're just a few. The benefits of being born again or being regenerated or experiencing the atonement of Jesus Christ. Number one, we've been pardoned. Number two, pardon has to do with forgiveness, right? Okay. Number two, we have been justified or made righteous. That puts us in right standing with the Lord. Number three, regeneration. Where He makes us sons, we receive a new nature, we are brought into the family of God by that new, new birth. We are little babies. But then we receive the Spirit of adoption, which is the Spirit of God inside of us, maturing us from babyhood, just being born, all the way to the level of mature sons, whereby we receive all the benefits of that mature level in Christ. So we're encouraged in the Word of the Lord to grow up and become mature sons so that we can receive the adoption, which again is connected to eternity, predestined us to become that. In time, we receive the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of adoption in us, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, which brings us to that place where we are adopted. And then eternity has to do with where we manifest that or realize that, which has to do with the glorified body we will receive, the full inheritance. When you overcome, you inherit all things. And that's where we're headed. That's the goal. That's the process. That's the purpose. And that's the stages of maturity that you find in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we need to understand as a church that there are different levels of maturity in the house. That there are some people that have just been born into the kingdom and they're not going to be skilled. They're going to be very, very immature in what they do. Their sins have been forgiven. They have been made a child of God. And, but you look at their life and there's inconsistencies and there's immaturity and, and sometimes they don't act right. You've got to change their diapers and you've got to give them milk to drink and all of that process, you know. So you have to recognize those that have just been born. And they may be older physically, but in the spirit, they're just little babies. Okay? And, and, and some of them, you know, the purpose of me teaching this morning is to help you understand God doesn't want you to stay in that stage. And there, there's, some, there's some people in the church, they just won't grow up. They won't mature. They're like the Corinthian believers. They won't grow up. Paul had a hard time with them. He tried to get them to grow up. They just refused to grow up. Okay? So again, there's people in the church that have just been born. We have patience with them. We've got to work with them. Immature. You know, in, uh, immature Christian, inconsistent. That's the way they're going to be. Hallelujah. You know, so you got to be careful. Uh, you've been in the church for a while. Maybe you're at that teenage stage where you think you know everything. <laughs> and, you know, so you, you see one that's just born in the kingdom and, uh, you know, you've gone through first grade, second grade, maybe you're a teenager, and you want to just go over there and just straighten them up and tell them, we don't do that here, we don't do this here, and on and on it goes. 
Well, remember, they're just little, little children in the kingdom of God. And you had to go through that process of growing where you were born, then the growing stage, and then the teenage stage, and then the father stage. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad God had patience with you? Amen. God had patience with you. Your pastor had patience with you. Praise the Lord. So we got, we've got to be careful uh, with the babies that are born. Now, we got some that have been in the church for 10, 15 years and they refuse to, to stop, you know, wetting their diaper and <laughs> wanting all the tension all the time, all the time, you know. Then we have to tell them, now come on, God requires you to be at this level. You're still down here. God requires you to be a sixth grader and you haven't even started first grade yet. Okay? Does that make sense? All right. How, how many of you want to grow up? <laughs> you know? And it's, it's not like you can just keep being babies the rest of your life as soon as you get born in the kingdom. He wants you to become mature sons so you can receive the adoption. And if you just you stay in that babyhood state all the rest of your life, well, when God looks at you, He says, okay, this is where you should be right now. But you're here. And I'm going to let the devil hit you at this level, not this level. So if you haven't, if you haven't gone through the process and grown up like you're supposed to, you're going to be fighting the enemy on a higher level because the Lord requires you to be at that level. Amen? Now, if you're supposed to be at sixth grade, He doesn't require you twelfth grade work. That's the good news. Amen? But if you're supposed to be in sixth grade and you're still in first grade, you better grow up because sixth grade work's required of you. Amen. So let's be patient with the newborn babes. And as, as Paul, the Corinthian church, the book of Hebrews, he wrote to them, admonished them, encouraged them to grow up, get off just the milk, get into the meat of the Word of God, which is, is a, has to do with the teaching on the Melchizedek priesthood. Y'all been taught that. Amen. That's meat level stuff. All right. Praise the Lord. So we understand when you first come in the kingdom that that's what you are. You're a little baby. And we're going to be patient with you. And we're going to try to help you along. We're going to try to help you go make it to first grade. Amen. And, uh, and on and on and goes and goes. Praise the Lord. And if you're a young man, we recognize. I've got some young men in this church. I know I can recognize that the Word of God is in them. They have a knowledge of the Word of God. And they're strong because they're young. They're strong. And they overcome the devil. They fight the devil. And they defeat the devil in the church. And then we have some that might be recognized as fathers in the church that are mature. And this is not has nothing to do with what gender you are. We're talking about a level of maturity called fathers or sons who know God. Amen. They've got the characters there and they're experiencing the blessings. They're experiencing the inheritance, inheritance of God for a reason. Don't get jealous. You see people, they've been in the church a long time. They've gone through that babyhood, made it through the first grade years. They're now teenagers, hallelujah, in high school or whatever, spiritually speaking. Now, you see some, they're mature. They've been in the church a long time. They know some things about God and they can help you. And they're experiencing inherit, inheritance right now, blessings right now that maybe you're not experiencing because you're not ready for it. So don't get jealous over the fathers. 
thank God for the fathers. Again, it's not about gender or age. Thank God for the fathers that are in the church because they're able to help you. You start going through something, you can talk to them. Amen? I'm thinking of a brother right now in the church. He hasn't been in the church that long. And sometimes he'll call me and say, Pastor, do you see things wrong with me? I don't get on him. I don't get on him. I do see some things uh, in his life that need to change, but I don't jump on him. I say, you know what, brother? I say, you look like you're doing pretty good to me. Like you're, you're doing pretty fine. You're doing all right. I said, I think you, you are where you need to be right now for the amount of time you've been in the church. And he starts talking to me and he starts talking about how he, you know, he feels like he's not where he needs to be. And I said, that's a good thing. But I'm not going to beat him up because he's only been in the church for a couple of years. And I said, you're doing fine. You look like you're where you need to be right now. Things are going to change. You're going to grow. It's going to get better. Hallelujah. You're going to get stronger and you're going to mature in the Lord. Thank God for that. And, and this brother sometimes, he doesn't always come and talk to me. Sometimes he'll talk to, to, to Brother Mark in the church or whatever, Brother Mark House, and, and Brother Mark helps him. You know. And, and, and Brother Mark doesn't feel comfortable with telling him something. And he always says, call Pastor. Pastor will help you. And, and I thank God for that. I have no problem with this brother calling Brother Mark or talking to Brother Mark in service maybe about some struggles he's facing because Brother Mark's been through some things. And Brother Mark can help him. And, and it's not just Brother Mark, but there are others in the church that are just like that, that have grown up in the kingdom of God. They, they are mature. They've grown up in the house. And they can help the babies. They can help the young ones that are trying to fight this good fight of faith, that have a knowledge of the Word of God. Help them overcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because we need that. We need the babies. Give us children or we die. Give us babies or we're going to die. We've got to have babies. If we don't have babies, we're going to extinction. We will become extinct as a church. We need spiritual babies. Amen. Thank God for the babies. The ones that have just been newborn. Amen. It takes a lot of work to work with them, to be patient with them. Thank God for the young men. And this has nothing to do with age or gender. The young men in the Bible, those that are at a level of where they've got the Word in them and they're fighting the good fight of faith and they're overcoming the devil. Hallelujah. But thank God for the fathers that are in the church that you can go to that will help you because they know God and they've been through some things and they've experienced some things in life. And their purpose now is to try to help uh, children and young men and women to grow up on in, in the Lord so that they can in the future become fathers and that level where they can help somebody else. So let us grow. And some grow faster than others. There's some that can come into the church. They can be born in the church in a year or two. They're, they're already young men. They got the Word of God in them. They're overcoming the devil. They've only been in the church a couple of years. A few more years. They might even be recognized as fathers because they have matured so quickly, so fast. That's what God wants. It doesn't have to do with physical time. It doesn't have to do with your physical age. It has to do with your desire to grow up in Him, which is the head. Don't just stay down at the feet level. Get up here in headship level. Get up into maturity. Grow up so you can help somebody else in the church of the living God. 
So this is what the Bible teaches us, that we're in a progression, and that's what adoption is about. This progression from being born as little babies all the way up into mature sons so we can receive the full inheritance and the character that comes with that and be recognized by God as that in the church. Amen. How many of y'all want to grow up? You don't want to just... It's awesome to be born in the kingdom. But you don't want to just stay born. You want to grow up. You want to overcome the, the enemy of the church of the living God. You want the Word of God to dwell in you richly. And then you want to go from there and be a father. When people look at you, and again, this is not gender or physical age, when they look at you, they say, that's a mature brother in the church. That's a mature a sister in the church. I'm going to go to them and I'm going to talk to them. and I'm, I'm going to get their encouragement. I'm going to ask them, have you been through some things? Can you help me? Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's somebody else. I thank God for people who have matured. Amen. That are in the kingdom of the Lord. We need them. We need them. Praise God. We need them. I'm encouraged by Sister Amelia. I walk up her. I grab her by the hand. She's been in the church. How long has she been in the church, Sister Tomasa? 40 years? Well, okay, so she's been in the church 40 years. See, she has physical age, but she has spiritual maturity. And, and, and obviously, I'm a little younger than she is, but I'm her pastor. And she takes me by the hand. She recognizes me as her pastor. She takes me by the hand, and she starts speaking in, in her native tongue, And, and it doesn't have to all be interpreted. I know what she's saying. She's speaking words of encouragement, uh, words of consolation, you know, uh, to her pastor. And she, she, she's like that. She prays. And I thank God for Sister Amelia. Don't you thank God for Sister Amelia? Amen. And, and, and she knows this, and, and I know this. It, it's not going to be long till Sister Amelia goes home to be with the Lord. But that's not something that she's trying to stay away from. She can't wait for that. She's looking forward to that. Hallelujah. Reminds me of this woman that passed away in Taiwan. We were in Taiwan. She's an elderly woman in the church. They try to put stuff in her, you know, to keep her alive and IVs and stuff. She'd pull them out. Say, why are they trying to keep me alive? I want to go to be with my Jesus. And she did. While we were there, she went home to be with the Lord. And they gathered there in that room. And uh, it was just an awesome thing, you know. And it won't be long. His sister Amelia goes home to be with the Lord. I don't know how many, maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. But but I thank God for her. Amen. And I, I promise you that if you ever went to her and asked her to pray for you, she'll do it. If you ever need a word of encouragement, she'll encourage you. Amen. So I thank God. Uh, for for uh, men and women that are in the church that we can look to as mature saints in the Lord. Hallelujah. That can help us to grow up and become mature sons in the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. Amen. And I appreciate your patience with me as I, as I try to move to a level of maturity and where I can be a father to you. Where I can try to help you in your walk with God and mature as sons. I appreciate your patience with me because I haven't arrived yet either. We all got to have patience with each other. Amen. But by God's grace, we're going to reach that level 
of maturity. Amen. And become mature sons in the kingdom of God. That legal position of adoption whereby we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out the Father. That's what it's all about in the church of the living God. Amen. For you new babies out there, don't worry. You know, we don't agree with everything you do. We're not supposed to. But we still love you. And we're thankful for you. Hallelujah. And we want you to get to that level where you can help us fight the good fight of faith and overcome the wicked one. Because he's always trying to destroy something. And we need somebody to fight. We need somebody to take a stand. Amen. For righteousness. And for sure, thank God for the mature fathers in the Lord. Amen. That's what it's all about. And I thank God that in his word, he lays those stages of maturity out for us. So we as a church can function together as a family in the kingdom of God with the goal of becoming mature sons in Christ, experiencing the full inheritance that he has for the saints. Let's stand. Father, we come before you right now and we thank you this morning for your help, for your strength. We thank you for the spirit of adoption that indwells us that's growing us up in you because you're the head. Father, I pray over this assembly, whatever stage of maturity the person is today, let them always exercise themselves to reach that level of adoption. And Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor for all the benefits of the atonement. The ones we've talked about this morning and so many more the benefits of pardon forgiveness of sins for breaking the law righteousness justification and right standing with you Lord regeneration being born into your kingdom in the family of God thank you for giving us a new nature and making us sons thank you Lord for the spirit of adoption which is growing us up and maturing us into full sons that we might experience full inheritance, that we might inherit all things as we overcome. We thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. We will see you tonight. God willing. Hallelujah.